Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. All of a sudden, it's a buy round again with plenty of supercoaches sweating on the team list. We've got a long list of highly owned winners, but maybe even more highly owned losers. Here with me to discuss the particulars, including why Campbell Graham should just rub some dirt on that eye socket and get back out there, it's Wilf. Hey, it's, uh, look, I, I had some fleeting thoughts of not showing up this week because I didn't break 1,000 points and I thought I was be too embarrassed. Yeah, but look, I'm here. I'm here to cop my just desserts, cop the punishment. But yeah, it was roughly last week. 998, mate. Yeah, 9.98, pretty tough for you. And you upgraded to 9.98 as well. It was actually looking worse, wasn't it? It was. It was It was, It was. was a very bleak time. And look, I'm going to put it out there. I was busier than usual. Kids, school holidays, work and the financial year stuff. And yeah, I'll just say I didn't get to prep for Supercoach the way I normally did and made dumb decisions. So Mate, I'm not of my fault at all. Mr. 13K over here. You don't need to explain <laughs> life getting in the way, trust me. But uh, also with us tonight is a man who started with and held Brendan Piakura for four months, only to see him miss out on the one week he was needed. Can you rub dirt on the concussion? It's Tim. Mate, that's so annoying. Like, oh, this, Wilf was going on about this guy pre-season. I blame Wilf for this guy. Yeah. I really I really got this guy on your word that he was, you know, a real... Big prospect. Next Gordon Tallis. Next Gordon Tallis. Um, it's, it's painful, mate. He's done nothing. He's not going to get a spot. And I just had to watch him go around in bloody rep round and think, oh, jeez, he can play rep footy, but he can't play for the Broncos. Awful, mate. He's probably closer to the next Keenan Palacia than he is uh, the next Gordon Tallis. But whoa, uh, whoa, I digress. <laughs> I, just throw, I thought I'd throw that out. Mate, um, you didn't have quite as bad a week as Wilf did. How'd you go? Terribly. Uh, yeah, I got a thousand and seventy nine. It was I, I could sit here and we could do a podcast on how bad my week was, and I, I could I could fill an hour of it. It, it. There's so many bad decisions I made, one after the other. Uh, I don't really know where to start. Like, uh, at least you didn't I, play Grant Anderson. <laughs> no, look, there, look, there was there's a lot of bad decisions. There was like that's okay. So I played Stags over. Um, I should have played Targo. Uh, but I played him as a, instead of Cody Walker, thinking that, you know, oh, just that, that was that. Um, there's a lot more. There was the cap, vice captain of, like, Cleary's, like, there isn't, I've just come to the realisation this year, there is no such thing as a vice captain loop this, this year, I don't think. Because unless it's in the buy rounds, other than that, this, the scores aren't worthy of looping. We, yeah, we've all been carrying too many too many traditional A nightmares. And there's not those I mean, 150 scores, 200 scores we were getting last year where it was worth it. We're getting those sort of 190s, 120s, and they're big scores. They're not loopable. And I bloody VC Cleary, which means, you know, I, I was either him or Hines, which one do I want to – I had to do one or the other. Left them both out of it. Like, like VC'd him, so I couldn't loop him. Um, and then, yeah, look, I got I, I, someone talk me into captaining someone I wouldn't have normally captained, and I just was not playing my normal game. A bit like yourself, Will. I've let life get in the way. I'm super busy compared to last year. I, I'm sort of like last year I was studying work, studying three days a week, and it was really chill. It was from home because it was COVIDy. 
and I had all the time in the world. And this this year, I'm flat out. I've got a job now. Like I'm a man with a job. <laughs> Listeners, you didn't see that Tim was beating his chest when he was saying he was a man just then. Oh, I'm far <laughs> from beating my chest, man. I'm more like sticking my head in the bloody sand at the moment. That's the physicality that's coming off at the moment. But, um, yeah, look. Tough week. In summary, tough week, right? We've had a chat pre-recording. Look, I, I've pretty much thrown the towel in. I'm. It's a marathon. We must keep running. Even though I want to throw up and just get the, the um, person with the – Medicab to come and put me on the stretcher and, you know, give me the green whistle just so I can relax or something. All the way down to rank 208, mate. So, yeah, we all feel your pain. Yeah, it's yeah, but it, for me, that feels like 2 million and 8 right now, okay, because I just had that dream on that number one and I've realised it's done now. I've had two bad weeks in a row and even if I go well, I always want to say this, even if I can manage to scrape into, like, top 20, all I'm going to do is go, Oh, week 15 and week 16, what were you thinking? What what could have been, for sure. So, yeah, you're at rank 208. Wilf, you're in the 2700s. I didn't do much better, 1099, but, yeah, just slipped in the ranks back to uh, to 13K. So all those green arrows and, and a bit of a stall there for the Surge Busters. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, Wilf, our champs are doing better. Yeah, absolutely. So... So we do have uh, for our five hundred dollar champs only bonus leader. That's still John, coach of Mac Deadly. He's moved up to eighty first, so another good week for him. We've got a new person in second place. That's Martin, the coach of Malevolence Inc., moving up to one hundred forty seventh. So champs still going strong. Our champs leader is still Ross, uh, coach of Slippery Balls at twenty ninth. But like we said in the past, he joined a little bit too late to qualify for the champs only bonus. The league's still floating up there. The 20 head-to-head one league is 20th. 20 head-to-head two is in 14th. 50 head-to-head is in 16th. OG Chumps only in 23rd. Podmasters Cup still sitting in third overall. So, yeah, we're still in some decent leagues. So somehow, even with my 998, the Podmasters Cup still staying up there. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to lift my game. <laughs> anyway, it's enough of that. Let's take a look at the news for the week. Surprising amount of news come out in the last couple of days, especially around signings. Uh, Daniel Silica Fafida immediately uh, changing clubs to the Rabbitohs. Uh, it was a three-year deal uh, that was going to start next season, but I'm assuming that's Matt Lodge related. They needed to free up some cat wealth. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And he's already been named, but at 18th, man, you'd have to wonder, is he a chance to push into the squad for this game if they really need him? I, I don't know. Obviously... Rabbitohs uh, have some injury issues themselves, but yeah, whether or not you'd switch a guy and, and shove him straight into 17 straight up. We'll get to it in the teams, but Nick Arena and Blake Taff are both uh, named on the bench this weekend. That clearly isn't something that they'd go into the game with. David Mowali speaking, the Rabbitohs extended to the end of 2025. Bit of a worry, you know, it's the only middle that's uh, playing on the bench, but he's got a lot of A nightmare potential, doesn't he, Tim? Yeah, I've got him. So, <laughs> of course... I bought him at the start of the year. This is one of my other problems. One, look, I'm just going to come out with a lot of negativity <laughs> on this podcast. So if anyone is trying to be positive, just fast forward to me, probably about another minute. I'll probably speak for a minute, and then Wilf will stay saying positive after that. Um, okay, <laughs> look. Okay, so Mawali, Piyakura, Wishart. Uh, I've got I've got more of them. Um, Mamasia. These guys, four of these guys, 
you can't have that many nuffs. And the problem with having that many means you have to keep selling your guns and I've had to keep selling guns to get in other guns that are more relevant uh, or have better jaws. And it's just been a headache. And I've learned a lot this year. And next year, I'm going to take it down. I'm going to be, uh, not go back to back, but I'm going to go back to back. So there's a bit of a pause there in between that. This is a gap year. I'm just... Chilling out. So it's kind, of, it's kind of like how Michael Jordan, you know, people talk that talk about how he won six titles in a row and they forget that he did actually come back one year and got knocked out of the playoffs before he won three more. That this is the this is your hand wave. This is your Jordan return season. And mm. uh, next next year you'll be back with the number 23 on your back. And- yeah, I'm not I've, – I've, yeah, I've just been taking it easy this year. I'm not really playing serious. I'm not really playing overall. I'm just sort of playing head-to-head. Few cash leagues and stuff. Say, so, oh, what am I? Two hundred eight. Yeah, that's all right. But I'm just here yeah, focusing on my head to head. You retired to play some baseball, and you'll be back next year. All that's right, uh, Freddie Lussick's extended uh, to end of 2024 with the Warriors. Selwyn Cobo, uh, highly publicised contract extension as well. Interestingly, uh, Dolphins have signed Sean O'Sullivan for three years, Mason Teague from the Panthers SG ball team, which is pretty highly rated. Tom Hazleton's got a two-year extension and a guaranteed top 30 spot next year for the Sharks. Luke Garner, that's a weird one, uh, going to the Panthers next year, and Isaac, it's not Tago, is it, Wilf? Dungo. Dungo. Extended two years. I'll, I'll go on a minute-long rant about pronunciations. and Oh, don't get me started too. Paul Vaughan's at Super League for Warrington next season for a couple of years. That's probably a year too late as far as I'm concerned as a Canterbury supporter. <laughs> so lots of signings there, Will. I mean, obviously Selwyn Cobo is the big one out of that list. Yeah, I mean, I can't complain. And look, there's more rumours dropping that Broncos are making other moves for next year and beyond. Reese Walsh. Prodigal Son might return, apparently. Wow. With, uh, the Raiders rumoured to have released uh, Charles Nickel Cook start to the Warriors from next year onwards. So, yeah, could be some interesting signings going off the rest of the season. But, yeah, that's a lot of movement. So, what would they do there, though, the, the Broncos? Would they have Walsh playing fullback and Cobo stay on the wing? Or I thought Cobo was their plan would be to have him go to fullback. Yeah, I don't think it's locked in, basically. And obviously, you know, Walsh is. The better fullback, I think Cobo is still pretty fresh. He's obviously, you know, playing really well on the wing. Walsh can also play six, so if Ezra mm. Mann doesn't work out, then there's that option as well. So yeah. I think there's never really a bad thing to have too many good players in your team and you can shuffle them around a little. Yeah, so, especially when, yeah, yeah the, I mean, Cobo could play in a few spots too. You could probably put him in the centre's wing or fullback, yeah. Pretty much. So, yeah, no, pretty excited about it. it I'm just, you know, it'd be good to see the Broncos have a, a genuine... Not, I won't say premium tier, but like upper above average fullback, uh, rather than you know, what we've been struggling with the last few seasons. Exactly. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Broncos certainly uh, on the rise despite getting smacked by the Cowboys on the weekend. But speaking of getting smacked, we've got a few injuries and suspensions to get to. Look. Yeah, so I'll just fly through these again. Quick shout out: NRL Physio and his Magic Sponge podcast is your first port of call. But summary wise, Seagulls and Storm, they the Seagulls had Ruben Garrick, he copped a hit pointer injury. I mean, he, he was pretty hobbled. Uh, he played it out and got pretty lucky with a couple of tri assist, line break assists there to save his score. Otherwise, he was going to struggle. Uh, his work rate was non existent, basically. Apparently, going to could be an ongoing issue depending on how it pulls up. So it's just something to keep an eye on, I think, for Garrick owners. Obviously, not playing this week either way, but 
apparently, again, NL Physio says that it could still be a lingering issue. Uh, not quite like a lingering nanai, but you know, mm. could be there for a while yet. No other major injuries there. Obviously, Storm with Pappenhausen coming back. You know, We'll probably have a chat about that later. No injuries out of the Knights and Titans game. For the Panthers and Roosters, uh, I mean, the big news probably is Luke Keery. Uh, he missed the game and he's rumoured to still be unwell and there's no guarantee to be around from round 18 onwards either. So that could have significant ramifications. I mean, if Joey Manu's the choice at six moving forward, like, you know, hero ball doesn't always work, but for Supercoach, it's great. It's probably not great for Angus Crichton if he's going to be on the left edge. So something to think about there. We'll, we'll come back to that, no doubt. Bulldogs and the Sharks, uh, obviously, <laughs> dream debut for Declan Casey, but then he was having an absolute mare on the field. Three, four dropped balls and then really, really ugly. Yeah, it was hit. a hard watch. Yeah. It was a hard watch. Uh, it was, yeah, he wasn't too happy with it either. But then we saw him actually have to get the Medicab off the field after he got knocked out, you know, concerns for his neck and spine, etc. Haven't heard if there's been any uh, updates on that, but I, I do think he was okay afterwards. But yeah, just waiting for official news on that one. Also, Tavita Pangai, a plantaris tendon rupture. So apparently this is like one of the rarest foot injuries you can possibly get, basically. A bunch of people don't even have that tendon, right? I, I don't know the specifics on that one, but I yeah. think, yeah, it's it's weird. So anywhere from two weeks to six weeks, uh, I, I don't know much more about that. So, yeah, and then Corey Allen was a pregame withdrawal due to a high-grade groin strain, so it seems like he'll be out for a bit. The Cowboys and the Broncos, geez, the Broncos copped a bit of a battering in this game. We lost to Myron Martin uh, fairly early due to a rib concern. He's out for a couple of weeks yet, so uh, Tessie knew returning from injury this week, so that could be interesting. Payne Haas apparently re-aggravated his shoulder injuries, so he has uh, both shoulders apparently re-aggravated, so he's not only missing origin, but potentially around 18 or 19 as well for the Broncos, so big watch on that one there. Crazy that he's been carrying the Broncos for so long, but it's only now that he uh, buggers his shoulders up, mate. Yeah, exactly. I mean, normally it's the back that gets the the cops to low, doesn't it? Or is it just mm-hmm. the shoulders these days? <laughs> uh, Corey Jensen also had a calf strain and he's out for this week. And yeah, like we mentioned, Brendan Piacora was going to potentially start on the edge, but he got knocked down in, in, in reserve grade last week. I find it really surprising the Broncos knew they were going to lose all these players uh, to origin. They didn't pull half these guys from Reggie's. I, I guess the the Panthers naming a reserve grade, reserve grade team, it shows that they're planning ahead and, and maybe that's why they're just such a well-ordered machine. All their likely round uh, 18 guys, it seems like maybe a heap of their origin guys are going to be rested that round because all the reserve grade guys are being rested this week. So... Yeah, interesting. Anyway, I digress. Uh, long story short, Broncos are battered. Cowboys <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, also copped the loss of Cohen Hess uh, due to a shoulder concern. Not sure where that leaves him long term. The Rabbitohs and Eels. The Rabbitohs do have some injury concerns themselves. Mark Nichols got knocked out. He's been named, but has to go through all the concussion protocols as usual. Hame Sele also did a, a hamstring strain or something like that. Obviously, Campbell Grand, the the biggest news here, uh, fractured his cheekbone. Should be anywhere from three to four weeks from when he gets surgery, which is sometime this week. So not ideal for uh, Tim, you and I, uh, Campbell Graham. Was on our roster. Uh, Unfortunately, he won't be helping us out for round 17, which is a bit of a blow. Is he in my cell this week, Tim? Yeah, so I was having a look at the last couple of games for him when he might come back in their tough games. So 
See you later, Alligator. Yeah, a bit underwhelming, especially since he got chucked to the right side. Very annoying. Was looking so red hot, and then the last two weeks were pretty underwhelming. It's a bit annoying, and obviously he went off last week with injury and came back, which was a bit of a blessing to get some more points out of him before we have to part with him. But, you know, I want to bring three, maybe four players in this week, and I'm struggling to find who those three to four players I could sell would be. And that's the problem I've had over the last two weeks. So I think that's my been my, my downfall is not knowing who to sell and panicking and sort of selling the wrong guy or maybe buying someone I didn't necessarily need to buy. Yeah, uh, I think that's part of my downfall. But I don't know. What Moving forward. Pierre Curran, great. And there's two for you. <laughs> yep, I'm definitely trading him. But yeah, it just makes sense for my team. Just like you said, just only so many people you can trade out from your team. So that's pretty much it. Uh, last couple of injuries, Warriors and the Tigers. So James Tamo was a pregame withdrawal from uh, a, a calf concern. It's been named this week, so it doesn't seem too bad. Then for the Dragons and the Raiders, so Matt Fini actually went off the field with a quad strain or a cork, but he's been named this week, so it must be too bad. Suspension-wise, real simple. Jared Wallace was sent off uh, for a pretty ugly tackle. Fair enough. <laughs> it looked like a, it warranted a send-off. So I think that's mitigated some of his ban. So he's only copping two weeks out with a guilty plea. So, yeah, that's that. And Tui Lungi, uh, also grade one dangerous contact, but just copping a fine. Thanks, PVL. <laughs> so, yeah, that's <laughs> that's all the... Speaking about PVL, did you know um, I saw you seen that he recently met the Queen? It's insane, isn't it? I don't know where that's come from. There's a bit of a thing on the news. I just flicked through the television and I saw that he, he met the Queen. They were hanging out. And he described the Queen as having a mischievous sense of humour. And I thought, oh, sounds cheeky. Maybe she suggested going back to two refs or getting rid of the six-again rule uh, herself. Mm. Good work, uh, Lizzie. You know, a bit of a fine and, and, you know, on your way. But, yeah, it's uh, he's obviously gotten lucky there. Yeah, interesting stuff. All right, so plenty of suspensions, plenty of signings. Time to get to the numbers. Numbers like I do, they call me the king of the spreadsheets. Got them all printed out on my bed sheets. My new computer's got the clock. Thanks to our friend Carl McGrath, accountant, for the segment. If you want to make sure you're not fudging numbers when it comes to your taxes, make sure you get Carl to help you out. Look, we are doing some actual number crunching this week. Uh, I'm talking price changes, mass formulas, and all that type of stuff. Had a lot of questions come through about this. And look, you probably were like me when you looked at Ryan Pappenhausen's score last week. You saw his massive break even 144. You saw that he was on 40 uh, with, you know, maybe 70, like 10 minutes to go. And you thought, you beauty, he'll be under 850 grand and we'll be laughing to bring him in. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, six minutes later, it was not pretty. He scored 100 points literally in six minutes. Yeah. Thanks, Manly. <laughs> I want to say that Ryan Pappenhausen's my most hated super coach player. He just. Hey, do not. Do not. No, no, no. <laughs> I like him as a rugby league player. He, he scores great for Supercoach, but he's always annoying. Last year, he was annoying. I know he had a sore head and it was, you know, probably worse for his life than it was for mine, but that caused me Supercoach stress and he's doing it again this year. He's always really expensive and you always have to pay a lot of money for him and, you know, basically sell a liver to get him. Oh, I don't like him. I'm close to calling him out for a... Uh, fight, but I just don't know if he could make my weight. 
Yeah, he uh, he costs five Brendan Peacurers. So, yeah, definitely got to sell the liver. Anyway, like I said, 144 break even. He scores 135 and he goes up $1,300 instead of an expected small price drop. So I think the question was what the heck happened and, and what's happening with the break even. So I thought I'd go into a little bit of detail on that. So first off, we've got to understand the formula that we use to calculate break evens. So the break even for a player is basically their salary divided by something called the magic number, and then you multiply that by three, and then you minus the last two scores. So for Pappenhausen, his last two scores were 107 and 76, and when you multiply his his last round's price by the magic number, which was roughly 8,499 for round 15, that's where you get the number of 144. Now, what happens is basically the magic number, we don't know. We call it magic because we don't know what it comes from, what calculates that number. Unfortunately, we just don't have that information. The only people who have it are, I guess, Vapor Media and the inner boffins in the Supercoach lab. Rob Sutherland has it. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised that if Rob Sutherland <laughs> should be honest, but he'll, he'll never let that go. But basically, I understand that the magic number is impacted by the total points scored by all players available in Supercoach for each round. So every time that there's been a round where there's significantly higher or lower points than the previous round, you see the magic number change quite significantly. And that's where you get unexpected price rises or drops when players have either hit or haven't hit their break-evens like we saw with Pappenhausen this week. So to give an example, I guess the magic number, like I said, for round 15, which is used to calculate all the round 16 break-evens, so that was approximately 8,499, give or take a few points. So that actually increased after round 16 scores to about 8,820. So that's where if you have 8,499, if you use that number with the formula that I just read out before, you get Pappenhausen's break-even of 144. If you substitute 8,820 instead, you get a break-even of 133. Hence why when he scores 135, you get a small cash increase of basically $650 per point under or over the break-even. So that's kind of where it comes from. I don't think this is exactly identical and consistent across every single price bracket as well. So this is where, you know, some players at the higher price might, their magic number might be 8,820. And if they're, you know, maybe 250K or whatever, their magic number might be 8,830 or something like that. So there's slight variations across all the price tags as well. So in summary, I just thought I'd go through that little. I know some of you will just gloss over and just go, this is boring as hell. That's fine. Or not understand a single word of it like me, but that's fine also. I know some of you are interested in, and want to understand why some of this stuff happens. The only thing I'd really say in terms of applying this is when you're actually planning your trades and stuff like that, I know some people get out the spreadsheets and the calculators and they're calculating down to the dollar, whether they can make a set of trades work. You should always build in like a solid 10 15k buffer is my general advice because if this is happening across multiple players and they're not hitting or hitting their break evens but still there's an extra two thousand dollars here or there per player that's when you know they can your trades can easily just miss out so yeah as you mentioned tim i know you were glossing over a little bit when i when i started going into all the numbers i just don't have the i'm just i'm just not intelligent enough for it man i mean i was if this was class, I'd probably be doing, um, you know, spitballs on the blackboard now or swinging on my chair or 
throwing a air, paper airplane. I sound like Bart Simpson, don't I? I'm just sort of basically just going with Bart Simpson. The um, yeah, those numbers got crunched, Wilf. That's uh, that's very interesting. The magic number's always been a little bit of a mystery, and I tend to, as much as I do enjoy looking at numbers and planning trades, that 10, 15k buffer is always really important because what we do know is that if you know there's a massive week, lots and lots and lots of high scores that magic number tends to um, to be affected by that. So, yeah, interesting, fascinating look to, to how things are scored. But um, I don't know. I'm full up at numbers, mate. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I know that wouldn't have been for everyone. But like I said, the main takeaway, definitely, especially if you are seeing a, a higher scoring round developing, I think that's where you might want to look at, well, I, I probably need to plan for extra money to make my trades work if you're really on the knife's edge to, to get things through. But Look, um, I'm not. I'm no accountant. Carl McGrath is, though. You can find him on Facebook, Carl McGrath Accountant, or at Carl M Accountant on Twitter. Definitely get in touch with him because it's tax time. It's the new financial year. Carl, can you do your tax return legally? Maximize your tax refund too, whether it's basic or if you want to get into more tougher stuff like rental properties, capital gains on share trading, or even crypto trading. Carl knows how to deal with it all, and he can help you record it all correctly. So, you know, it doesn't matter where you are in Australia. So Carl can help you out using FaceTime, Zoom conferencing, all that type of stuff. Some of his clients, he's, he lives in the same suburb as them, but he's never met them because they just do it all over the internet. And yeah, look, even if you need more than just a tax return, he can help you out also with all aspects of accounting like bass lodgement and data entry. Don't forget, if you do have a chat to Carl, mention the Supercoach Champions podcast when you get in touch with him. He'll not only look after your pricing, but he'll probably have a chat to you, ask you what your trades will be for next week. That's enough about that. Let's jump into our game previews for this week because we only have the four games. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. Alrighty, four games, as Wilf mentioned, starting off with the Sharks and the Storm. Hugely annoying that the two best captaincy options, in my opinion, for the week play each other in the first game of the week. Obviously, uh, perhaps at fullback and Nico turning out for the Sharks. But other news, Tracy's playing left centre for Talakai. But the big news uh, for a lot of people that got ahead of the game for round 17 is that Cameron McInnes, not only a four-forward bench named, but he's on it, Wilf. Yeah, and look, I, I, I don't get too bothered if he's on the bench because he's done that in the past and still come off the bench and played 50-plus, 60 minutes or whatever. It's just a four-forward bench that really sucks, and I don't understand. I mean, Trindle's not great, but like you could put someone else on the bench instead. You know, yeah. like, I think the utility worked well for them, honestly. So, yeah, I, I, I don't understand it. I do think McInnes' work rate is still fantastic. I mean, 48 and 42 minutes last week. So if he keeps getting 50 minutes, he'll be fine. It just It's just frustrating the, the week we really need him to hopefully get 55, 60 minutes, and this is what happens. Yeah, a lot of people like yourself, Tim, were going heavy on the Sharks outside backs, whether that was... Obviously, Talakai highly owned, but, um, you know, Mulatalo, some people uh, in Mulatalo. and around. Yeah, Katoa. Would you steer even further into that skid? we got Nakora as a potential pod, and Sion Katoa only 2% owned if you wanted to look at the right side of that attack. Jesse Ramian as well on the other side. Yeah, I mean, potentially a lot of keepers in there too that you could, could hold as well. Like that Sion Katoa has been going all right. So is Ramian when he's been playing. Oh, Nick or Nia Cor- I'm I'm off him. I don't know. I just I don't. Yeah, I'm not about him. 
doesn't seem to get enough action. Honestly, really only relevant during his rookie year, in my opinion, at the Storm. Uh, Nick Meany at six. How good's he been going? Uh, Cheese is at nine. Uh, Wishart, uh, so I guess he'll get a few minutes for you there, Tim, uh, in the 14. But no Jack Howarth, which a lot of people were holding, I think including you, Wilf, but Alec McDonald gets a run and he'll be playing for the surge buses this week. Really? <laughs> I guess that's not too bad. I mean, you've been very patient with him. To well, he's not, gonna, he's not going to be my 18th man, mate. I'm not going to leave him off the pine in a bye week. He's he's going to he's going to give me 25 points, and I'm going to be happy about it. I, I respect the hold. Yeah, you take those eight points, ten points, whatever. Yeah, not quite Pierre Cura a whole season, but uh, I've held that man for round 17, and was pretty happy that it's come off somehow. Um, next game, Knights Rabbitohs. Played in Newcastle on Friday night game. Everyone's uh, favourite player to hate, Braden Best, or super coach player to hate, Braden Best, uh, is returning along with Braley on the bench. Daniel Sofidi starts, had a bit of an off season, and nowhere is that more evident than Jordan McLean getting a run uh, ahead of him in origin. Um, I don't know. There's a bit of an interesting suggestion you got here, Will. Edric Lee, 172, five tries, and I think he ran a total of about 30 metres for those five tries. Um, Very Alex Johnston-esque. Yeah, true, 172. I mean, if he averages, you know, he had two good scores before the 172 as well, so he's playing well. If he scores even half decently, he's making 150k plus in the next two weeks, isn't he? Well, if you look at his projected scores from the Supercoach Gold, it's 61 and 47, and that'll see him go up about 160, I think. So that's doable against the Bunnies and the Seagulls, but he is obviously capable of dropping, like I think he's got a 19 and 80 minutes from earlier this year and a 22 and 80 minutes as well. So, I mean, even the, the thing with him is that even if he does drop 220s or whatever, it's still 80, 80K cash and, you know, you can shuffle him on after that for pretty pretty much anyone you want um, in the center wing side from a couple of guys. I mean, there's there's probably a lot of worse options that you could go with, uh, I think, if you wanted a bit of a cash grab and someone who plays this round as well. Yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that... Um he plays in what's the toughest buy round of the year. You know, you wouldn't do it mid-season for 80K in two trades, but, you know, there's the there's a, a fair chance he, he makes 150K and also gives you those invaluable points this week. Over the Rabbitohs, obviously no Campbell Graham. Peoples misses out, and that's a terrible bench, as I mentioned as well. Um, does bring into play, though, that Latrell Mitchell might be an interesting pot at fullback. Tim, any interest there, mate? Um, it's, it's a weird one. I mean, it looks really attractive because, you know, obviously not playing Origin, he's available for a buy round. Uh, he's not as ex- expensive as Pappenhaus and he looked pretty good last week. But I, I've just got this weird feeling about he's not holding up. You know what I mean? I, I know he's been through, went over to the States and went through this system or whatever to get his body right. But I just I hope it holds up, you know. But I just, you know, he's got a weird feeling about someone. You're like, I'll get this guy up and he'll me a headache, but it's something I have to look at. I I, I kind of had identified that the bunnies draw was a bit off, and that's why I didn't want to get Alex Johnson at one point. And so I think that that's probably f- fair to say for Mitchell as well. So yeah, the next couple two games that look good. You've got, you've got Knights and Dogs, but then there's a the Storm, Sharks, Warriors, which is nice. But then you got Para, Penrith, Cowboys. 
and then the Roosters going into the finals, the last game. So they're going to be peaking going into the finals. So there's a lot of hard games there. So some people think that, you know, some players are a bit more match-up proof and maybe Latrell's one of those, but I just don't know. I don't know. I do very much like him against the understrength Knights, though, uh, this week, and, and obviously Cody Walker. But how, where do you fit him? I have trouble fitting Pappenhausen in. I can't honestly. I don't think I can fit Pappenhausen. We're talking in the chat. How do I fit Pappenhausen? I literally can't do it this week. But I'm probably going to have to. Yeah, so to fit in the good. second fullback, that means I've got to. There'd be some teams out there that could do it that have got you know a Sawali and I don't know a Garrick there for some reason, and they don't have decent fullbacks for some reason. Yeah, you held Teddy, didn't you? So, yeah, Tass obviously lucks out with the groin injury. Alex Johnson costs about $4 million. So, you know, if he didn't get on earlier, uh, it's probably a bit late now. And Jed Cartwright-Wilf, very interesting as a potential one-and-done getting in, and he's almost certainly got enough out for the rest of the year. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? We're kind of watching and waiting for the, the Cartwright uh, 2.0, the, the Jardy party, uh, as I've heard some people drop. <laughs> He's a Jardy. Oh, What's a <laughs> His name's Jed. Jed Cartwright. Yeah, but Bryce isn't Barty. You know what no. I mean? They call him Cardi. So they're both Cardis. There's only one Cardi party. You can Cardi party wherever you want. And if they're both that, I think that's disrespectful. You know when there's one brother that's got a surname and then his other brother can't be known as that? He's got to be little, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's not cool. No, the Burgess boys did great. There was Lurgis, Turgis, Gurgis and Sergis. <laughs> There's Boris and Doris, Emos and Jamos. No, there's Burbo, Turbo, and Jebo. <laughs> anyway, back to Jed. Uh, I think, you know, he, he's – we were all talking about the people's champion for a while, but then he just fell off a cliff, basically. He was behind not only Jed but also Ben Lovett and also, I mean, Michael Cheekham wasn't even fit and available, but now he's come back from injury, so – People's just dropped down. He was playing off the bench in Reggie's, unfortunately. But anyway, Cartwright was starting ahead of him. So he's starting here. I think, you know, if you look at the the, the outs they have, once they're back, I can see Cartwright most likely dropping out of the top 17. I do think, you know, if we're, and we'll probably talk about this later, that if you're looking at the potential for someone like Jed to hang around on the bench at the later part of the season, if there's an injury or two, he's definitely a little bit higher on the list. So you know, he's a potential one and done, and he's got that nice dual position. He's 205,000, though, but center wing and second row forward. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, center wing and back row, which is pretty handy. Uh, I just, yeah, there's a bit of risk there, but I guess, you know, the, the benefit of getting him for a starting back row spot for a round is, is enticing for sure. Yes, it is. So Tigers Eels, the next game, Adam Dwayhe in the centers because. When you can hold on to Luke Brooks, uh, I guess you got to do it right, Brett Kamali. Um, another couple of uh, downgrade one and done options there, Matt Miller, uh, who I know nothing about, and I guess it's Fenua Pole. Is it Wilk? I know it's written Pole, but I think you're probably right. It's something of that nature. I don't think it's Pole because where Corey just... Parker pronounced it, he loves the pronunciations. He loves to – I don't even know if these people have requested that they want this name pronounced like that. I think Corey Park is just out there doing accents. He just sounds like he's putting on accents to me. Uh, I respect that he's trying because yeah. that's more than I can say for a lot of other commentators. But, yeah, I think uh, Wacko really yes. likes Madame Moore, if that's how you pronounce his name. But 
yeah, I sensed a fair bit of excitement when I uh, saw one of the group chats with Wacko in it. He's a big fan, so it could be one to watch. But I don't know. Like, obviously, Pole, he was uh, picked last week. Austin Diaz was the one who came in when James Tamo dropped out, and he's 18th man this week. So that, to me, says that, you know, if even if Alex Twell comes back, there's a chance one of these guys is still in the team. So a little still a bit of risk there. I don't know if I would go for one of them if you really needed that downgrade. And I think Madden was not even in the system yet. So, yeah. There you go. Maddo is... You know, not quite a must, but certainly very attractive for the week. And Jose Papali'i, a little bit off the boil of. Yeah, I mean, he's getting bad after it, isn't he? He's just not getting the minutes. He's he's moving from middle to edge. And, I mean, you've got the second, you know, the second row of the year from 2021 and you're not playing him on the edge. Like, what are you doing, man? It was me. I did it. I bought him last week and I captained him. And that's why. Brad Arthur did that around about this time last year, right? So cycling him through the middle when he was pretty exclusively an edge player. I think that's because they had no more middles left. And, you know, by comparison, when you've got Maddo now, like a big minute middle as well, you've got Nathan Brown not even making the top 17. I mean, to me, it just might make sense. Like he's named near Corey at prop as well. What about Maddo though? Is, 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 he, is he okay? Because... There seems to be a lingering thing there for him, doesn't there? Like it's his ribs, I believe. Ribs, right. The, the rumour was he was going to be out for four weeks and, you know, he yeah. was two weeks back. And so I don't know. Maybe that was just a, a bit of bad mail, a bit of a uh, rumour that was off. But do you reckon the ribs are something you could unsettle again if they just cop another quick whack? Like I feel like he could be a bit risky. Well, I kind of think that's what happened to Adam Reynolds last week because he, he's playing with a fractured rib. Yeah. And he got hit pretty, I mean, legally, but it was late. And then he was a bit off pretty much for the next 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, they were targeting him. Uh, for sure, which which you would, right? I, I don't blame the Cowboys for doing it, but I definitely think it had a massive impact on his game. So, I mean, I, I think for me, my decision is whether I get Latrell or whether I get Matto uh, to go with my Pappenhausen and my other downgrade, which is right right now looking like Jed. So you're one of those guys that can get both of them, are you? Yeah, down. well, my fullback position right now is uh, I had Suwali and I had um, I've got Nico Hines there, so I could move him back up, but I'd have to trade out like either Ezra Mam or I'd have to trade out Munster for a week or two, which I'm not not in love well, with. Mam's going to play for you this week, isn't he? Mm. Well, that's it. So it's just whether I think it's worth going that route, which is why I'm leaning towards Matto because I can ditch someone more expendable for him basically. Yeah. So uh, interesting, though, the back three for the Eels are, are pretty locked in, whether they're playing middle or edge. And, and Sean Lane, sneaky pod there, continues to, to score pretty well and is, you know, more likely than most uh, edge players to get some attacking stats there. So even though the base isn't there, Dillbags and Moses, both good options in the halves. Sivo, look, he's a, th- a pod at 3%, but certainly doesn't look back to his best um, and was certainly disappointing last week. Reed Marnie, Blows hot and cold uh, as a hooker option, but again, he's around 17 number and, and probably is a, a, a tier two kind of hooker for super coach. So if you wanted to roll the dice, you can with him. Broncos Dragons last game of the week uh, at Suncorp. Wilf's calling the baby Broncos. I think the baby Broncos probably had a bit more talent and uh, were probably a lot younger, quite frankly, given that Ryan James apparently counts as a baby Bronco. Lots of people back, though. Tessie's back in for the injured tomorrow. Martin. Pereira's in for Cobo. We've got Harson Carrigan out. Do you know much about this Hosking that's debuting on the edge, Will? 
Uh, only that he was the New South Wales Cup Player of the Year last year, mm-hmm. and he's from the Knights, so they've signed him from them. He's not officially in the Broncos squad, so this is how deep like they're, they're scraping literally the bottom of the barrel. From from his stats, I was looking through him. He looks like a decent worker, for so could be decent for Supercoach, but I mean, I've asked a few people that I trust who, who watch a lot of Q Cup, and they just say he doesn't really stand out. He's not particularly exciting as a prospect where, mm. you know, he's he's no Brendan Pikura, to put it lightly. Not to twist the knife anymore there, Tim. At least he's playing. Exactly. Look, to, to be fair, it's not Brendan's fault he got knocked out again playing in reserve. Group. I'm not blaming Brendan either. I'm blaming you, Wilf. I blame you. Uh, and I, I would say you need to you're go back. You're the reason I'm not going back to back, Wilfred. You're the reason. You need to listen to what I say. As much as I rate him, I'm not starting with him because I can't guarantee he'll be in the team from early season. Well, I just hear the name. It stays in my head. And then, you know, I don't pay attention to the whole sentence. I just sort of <laughs> skim listen. Like, it's like skim reading. Just take a few words and then stare at the yeah, wall right. for a bit. All right, Bart Simpson. All right. That's <laughs> enough out of you. <laughs> Uh, good to see Pates back from a from an actual NRL perspective, Wilf. And interestingly, the gamble's fallen far enough that he's got the 17 jersey and probably rotates as a middle forward. Yeah, I definitely hear that the Broncos are really you know satisfied with how Ezra Ram's progressing. So this is not a, a threat to Mam's job security in any way. I see him definitely. It's just the fact that the Broncos have no forwards left. You look even on the extended bench, they have Logan Bayless who might come in potentially if they really want the extra prop, but everyone else is an outside back or... You've got Jake Turpin there, so I don't really even want to call him a hooker at this stage. <laughs> sorry. No, That's probably no. a bit harsh on Jake. I'm sorry. Very little of interest uh, over the Dragons. Lomax is, is uh, you know, as he has been all season, a reasonably solid, if, if not sexy pick uh, in your centre wing. Moses Sewell is a little bit of a pod. Rather Lau is really disappointed and is cheap for a very, very good reason. But I don't know. Last words on, on the Dragons, guys? Nah. Yeah, there's nothing, no one really standing out at all. Hey, like that you go, ooh. Like I tried to scratch my head and look at Bird last week. I considered him last week just because I hadn't paid attention to him, but his scores have been real underwhelming. I remember at the start of the year, I thought, oh, he was better than Aiken because remember we were tossing up Bird or Aiken. Which one would you go? Both similar sort of prospects. But it seemed like Aiken, average in 50s, <laughs> did better than him. So, yeah. No, there's no one really there. Yeah, Bird's cheap for a reason. And, like, he, he doesn't even have an injury-affected game since round seven. So he can't even blame, like, a shortened game for why he's been scoring so poorly. So mm. I wouldn't I wouldn't go that way. All right, so there are the game previews. Went a little bit in-depth on the four games this week and the various options. But time for a quick break and into the strategy. Crotch discomfort hurting your game? Fear no more. The kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, have spent two years designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. Sleek, soft, comfortable, and flexible. The brand new boxes 2.0 from Manscaped take your balls to the royal ball throne. The global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the lawnmower 4.0 for the trimming, so you can wear the boxes 2.0 for the chilling. They even trademark the jewel pouch, so you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels, so let your bulge breathe and get 20% off plus free shipping by using our code champions at manscaped.com. These boxes are a game changer and features include the dual pouch, a pouch designed to cradle your boys in their own special space, lined with perforated performance fabric to keep them well ventilated. Is this heaven on earth? More like heaven on girth. The micromodal fabric is buttery soft and breathable, keeping your cucumber cool. 
walk, run, strut. These moisture wicking boxes breathe without breaking a sweat. The tagless waistband hugs your body without digging in and lays flat against your skin to reduce chafing. So that's 20% off plus free shipping with our code champions at manscaped.com. 20% off plus free shipping with our code champions at manscaped.com. Up your crotch game because once the boxes 2.0 touch your sack, you'll never go back. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. It's obviously an important round, and we've gone through the game previews. We've looked at kind of some key players. There are some key things that we do need to discuss, and I think, and look, maybe this is a bit of a, a, a thing we could just work through. So the statement is, it would be silly if I didn't have blank in my team for round 17. So I'm going to start us off, and I'm going to say Ryan Pappenhausen is the guy for me. I think it's silly if you don't have Ryan Pappenhausen for round 17. And look, I, I, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one who watched the game last week thinking, look, he, do- he doesn't look that great for the first 60, 70 minutes or so. But I definitely felt, and I don't, I don't solely blame it on the sequels, I definitely felt in the last 10, 15 minutes he really seemed like he was gaining that confidence. He clicked into... It was weird how quick he just put those points on, man. It was disgusting as a non-owner. And... You know how you're saying he's a, you know, you pretty much got to have him. I kind of pretty much agree with you, but I'm sure there's other people that feel like that they've checkmate themselves and boxed themselves into as much of a corner as I have. You know where they've got people that they want to keep, uh, like for at least for this week. Like if I, for me, like if I wanted to get Pappenhausen, I've got to sell Drinky, who I think's potentially a keeper, Teddy, who I think's a keeper, or Cody Walker. And Cody Walker's playing this round, and Cody Walker's been scoring very underwhelming, 40s, 50s, 30s. I think there's a decent 100 in there amongst all of those, but pretty average scores. You say that uh, Drinky and Tedesco are keepers. I mean, they're averaging 27 points less per game than Pappenhausen. I mean, that's not small. That's not five five points a game. I can, I can then move Drinky up to my, uh, Cody Walker's spot. You know what I mean? So... And, and then I can have Teddy and Pappy. But then I'm going to want Munster, I guess, pretty soon when he returns to normal footy. And then I guess the, I've got to make the decision, is it Brown or Drinky that I sell? So it's just, I can't believe the people I have to sell in the decision are stuck with this year. There's too many there's too many options all healthy at once this year. Can't they rotate their injuries at more appropriate times throughout the season, please? And look, I know we went into detail on, on a few of the outs that were disappointing for this week, but... I don't know. I'm looking through the list. There's a surprising number of people that are options to bring in that are bona fide keepers for the way, you know, for the run home. Perhaps, you know, being the highest scoring player in the game is one of those. But most people have Papali'i but don't have Madison. Um, Madison looks like a nailed-on top 17 player. And given that you've gone Paps, Wilf, I would suggest that Maddo might be the guy that would make someone look silly if they didn't try and get him in this week. Yeah, and like I said, that's why I think he's my number two guy for trades for this week. So Pappenhausen and Maddo, I mean, we we probably do need to talk a little bit more about Latrell because I get the tough draw, but you look at his scores. He's played five games. One was injury-affected. The other four games was against the likes of your uh, the Storm in round two. He, he had the Roosters already, and then there was also the Panthers and then beat the Eels. So... In all of that, he's averaged 72 for those four games. And uh, it, just, it just seems like he either steps up and maybe the hard matchups don't really matter. So, yeah, <laughs> I just think 
for him, like at that price tag, I get the appeal. He's got that ceiling. I just think Pappenhausen ahead of him is is definitely, you know, he. I mean, Pappenhausen is just so far ahead right now. Like aside from Cleary averaging eighty seven, Pappenhausen sitting on a hundred average now, and then you've got Nico on on eighty five. There's a couple of guys like Papali'i around the seventy seven seventy eight mark, but. Basically, I looked like there's there's a 25 points per game gap between what Pappenhausen is doing, and aside from five other players, there's no one else going close to him. So he's just gapping people. It's not quite like Turbo being you know 30 plus points ahead of everyone else in last season, but Pappenhausen's as close as we've got this this year. Yeah, if he's the best, he's the best, huh? So uh, that's why I'm saying, look, I get the 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 reasoning behind keeping guys like uh, Drinky and whatever, but I think. For you, Tim, I wouldn't even think twice about it. Like, you want Paps instead. Drinky scoring well, man. It's hard to sell a guy that's putting our 80s, 90s pretty consistently. Like, but you're selling him for a guy who's scoring 106 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but so is Drinky pretty much. He's on bloody nine points at half time every game. And you're like, oh, what's going on? And then he just comes out and does a couple of things, and you're like, oh, he's on 100. Got a feeling that there's a champs bet. Uh, coming up here between you two. Oh, we already have one though, right? <laughs> oh, is that still a bet, is it? I think that, that race has run between Tim backing turbo season average over Wilf. Yeah, I think Latrell definitely is an option, but as you pointed out, Tim, it's just not going to be viable for everyone just because of the position that he's only available at fullback. Most of us will want to have Pappenhausen there and you might have someone like a Hines stuck there as well. So I, I get it, but I think if you do have the potential to get both fullbacks, it could be really... Quite a, a bit of a pod move to have both guys. And, you know, I know a lot of us talked about getting Teddy for round 18, 19 onwards. I can certainly see the merit in just getting Littrell for this round, just set and forget for the rest of the season. Uh, you talked about having, you know, a few failed cheapies or, or guys you've held for 17. It, it probably means that ca- not cash generation, but your disposable income is going to be pretty tough particularly for this round, mate. So just talking about mid-range guys, do you think someone like a, a, a Sofa Solomona, a Brandon Smith, um, someone like that, if you can't go to a premium gun, is worth bringing in? Maybe not. Maybe not. Depending on the player and their prospects, I guess, because is it worth, if this player's been scoring for the most, you know, 40s, 50s, they're best sort of score, and then, oh, last week they may have got a decent 70 or something. You go, oh, that 70 would be handy this, you know, in this buy round. But if they're going to get you 30s and 30s and 30s, save the trade, use it in the back end of the season. You know what I mean? That's the way I see it. I think it'll come more handy when you've got a crucial injury that, and you've only now got one halfback when you would like to trade. You know, you'd be like, oh, I've just had one more trade. I could do a straight swap from this guy to this guy. But you know what I mean? I, I really don't think it's worth trying to get those mid-range. And there might be someone like that that might be of value. I just can't think of any. I've got Brendan Smith, and I don't think he is of value either. Yeah. He, he was he's one of those guys I was pretty much describing. Did okay last week. Did about 60-ish, and that was great for him. So <laughs> I put those two guys on the list because right now, Brandon Smith's the fourth most traded in player. And Asafa Solomona is the ninth most traded in player. And I think that's a big mistake for both, basically. Yeah, huge mistake. Well, so let's let's slide down and talk, uh, you know, the real cheapies. And, and we've gone in depth on some of these options in the team's chat. But uh, one and done options for the week. And, and maybe if it's even 
too risky to go one and done if you want to avoid a nightmare as well. Yeah, and I think like you look through the team list and there's really not that many that uh I mean I've looked at basically two hundred and five and below uh for, for price wise. So Davy Mowale is he's probably gonna have decent minutes this week, but I do think he's a potential AE nightmare. Because I've had him for a bit and every time he's played and he has actually made this stuff, it just comes on for a little bit and then he seems like he gets twenty minutes at best or something and scores 20 points. Do you reckon he could get like a 40 minutes? I just don't know who else is going to play decent minutes in the middle given who they've got. Yeah, he's the only middle on the bench. Oh, that's exciting. I need to get something at it. Yeah, great. That'd be exciting. If I, could. I was thinking he's going to be a 20 point. If he can get me 35, I'll do backflips. Yeah, I just think there's a probably a risk there because I do know the Bunnies like him given they've extended him for a couple more seasons. So there could be the risk that they really want to keep him on the bench scoring 20 minutes a game for the rest of the season. Uh, look, Jed Cartwright's probably the guy from the Rabbitohs that interests me most, given he's starting on the edge and he's got that dual position there. Again, whilst he's probably less likely to stick around, but there's definitely a potential that he's there um, at the back end of the year, especially if they cop a couple of injuries. But I'm, I'm definitely looking very closely at Jed myself and I'll just have to run the risk of him ruining a couple of loops in the back end of the season. If you look at the, the, the Tigers, obviously we talked about Manamua. And who's, again, not in the system yet, so keep an eye on it for that. And then Pole, bit of risk, again, for both those guys. I don't think there's anyone really I could strongly say will drop out except for Zach Hosking from the Broncos. So, again, not in the system, but keep an eye out for that. I'm assuming he's going to be bottom dollar and second row forward only because he played um, on the edge or at lock all season in Reggie's. So that, to me, says he's probably there. And because he's so deep down the depth chart, Again, he wouldn't be playing this week if it wasn't for the fact that they've got five or six first, you know, top squad forwards and a couple of depth guys ahead of him dropping out. So he's probably the most obvious one and done for me this week. Xavier Willison, who's 205,000, got the front row forward and second row forward dual position there is another option, but I feel like he is more likely to potentially stick around, but... I mean, I, I love these one-and-dones to have dual position status, and that's why I'd, I'd really like that Jed option, uh, the Jardy party. I will say that that's terrible and never use Jardy party again. But also um, the bench for the Rabbitohs, we, we mentioned it before, Nicarima and Taff both on it. There's no way they go into the game uh, with those two tiny blokes on the bench. I'm surprised Michael Cheekham wasn't actually named to start over Jed Cartwright. Um, even Tane Milne can play some edge back rows. So it is only the second game of the week. So if it's possible to hold that open, uh, or at least be flexible uh, in reversing a trade with Jed Cartwright, because yes, he's a risk, but probably an acceptable one if he starts on that edge. But if an hour before kickoff happens and all of a sudden Cheekham's starting or Tony Milne's starting uh, there and, and he becomes a 20-minute edge back rower, then you know there's no way I can see that being a good idea. Totally agree. And for me, I'd probably swap to like a Hosking uh, who plays in the final game of the round, which is handy. And the other option is, and, and maybe we can talk about this, whether you just go, well, I like the dual position. I'm just going to go straight to the new Jared Anderson, which is Shannon Harris from the Panthers who is bottom dollar, centre wing, second row forward. I say he's a new Jared Anderson because he's not playing footy anymore, basically, but he's in the Supercoach database. Even preseason, we knew he wasn't playing footy this year and they still had him there. Let's hope he sticks around for a couple of years like Jared Anderson did 
<laughs> where he was still in the system three years after he'd retired officially. There needs to be some kind of super coach award or recognition named after Jared Anderson because that man got us through so many, uh, you know, allowed us to buy so many guns at the end of the season or, or midway through. But, yeah, if uh, if Shannon Harris is the new Jared Anderson, then, you know, pour one out for him. Absolutely. Like I said, I think that's where maybe if you really had to, rather than getting someone who uh, only scores you you know, 15 points off the bench this week and then could potentially be a, a AE nightmare. It might be worth, you know, 30K extra in the bank plus not having to worry about that AE risk in the season plus still having a dual position. I definitely see some merit in having that option there. Yeah. So a fair bit of uncertainty with the Nuffs or the, all the one and dones this year, maybe even a little bit more than in previous years. So I would say, you know, keep your eyes glued to final teams and, and try and make sure you've got your bit of flexibility in uh, your lineup and, and your various options that you've got there if you if you can move a Jed Carter to a Hosking or or someone like that um, and you know make sure you set your lineups appropriately. Uh, so look we've we've talked through all of that. Uh, I think you know maybe we'll just finish up this section by going around um, I mean Tim, how many do you actually have for playing this week? Eight. Now with um, Graham gone. Yeah. Not good numbers. Pre trades? Post trades? Yeah. Pre-trades, yeah. Okay. I mean, how much do you think you'll have then once you make your trades for this round? Um, oh, I really am unsure because I, I, I'm sitting here thinking, I probably, as we've been talking about these one-and-done guys these uh, and nothing out, I don't know if I can make that move. We've already got four, four you know, non-players and one more could really, really, you know, be the straw that broke the camel's back altogether. So, yeah, I just haven't had a chance to really process it. The idea that I've had, you know, get Papineasen into my side and I don't know how to do that exactly is just really this big, big hurdle that I haven't been able to sort of see anywhere past that and look at other players. So um, I've, I've got probably a few players I'm prepared to maybe sell. Maybe King. I was thinking I was going to hold on him for a year, but I just think I might have to sell him at that value of 490. I'd like to hold him for one more game because I reckon he'd go over 500k. And that'd be awesome to see. They just feel nice to um, sell him for five hundred and four k or something rather than four hundred ninety. Doesn't make a big deal. We know where you're at with those those lines. Yeah, five seven hundred line. <laughs> yep, yep. And also Karaz probably on the chopping block. Campbell Graham on the chopping block. So those three players I'm prepared to get rid of. And then I've got to make a tough decision if I want to do a fourth one. But I just don't know how I'm going to be able to afford everything. I don't have any money in the bank. Um, yeah, it's, it's stressful times. All right, so eight. Probably, I'll probably get two decent players that will play, that'll be solid good players, and yep. maybe one extra dud that will play as well, or two duds. Somewhere around you know 10 I mean? or 11, basically, post-trades, yeah. most likely. Yeah. Yep. All right, Joe, where are you sitting? Eight pre, uh, and I've got 13 trades left, and I don't think I'll mind using you know, my final boost to use all four, so... Maddo, Pappenhausen, and probably two of the of the one and done guys. It it leaves me pretty heavy in uh, in cheapies because you know in amongst the guys I'm playing this week, Alec McDonald, Anderson, you know Tasses there as well. So you know I'll I'll have a bit of dead weight to move on. But if I go kind of two up, two down, that should mean I've got a fair bit of kitty that I can move on. You know those guys for some functioning players and the likes of Karaz and Kula are actually kind of in the mid fours now, so you know they should be able to help out, you know, facilitate that fast tracking to your final team, which you know commences next week. 
Yeah, no, I think that I, I get the feeling anywhere from like 10 to 12 is probably the range. I I think I'm going to be on 11, making three trades. Uh, I'm selling uh, Campbell Graham, Karaz, and Swali this week, and I'll be able to bring in Pappenhausen, Matto, and Jed Cartwright at the stage or whoever, you know. That's pretty decent. Yeah, they're nice, man. Like, you got two guns. Like, I don't think I'll be able to get two guns like that. I'll get if Pappy. And then I'll call someone a gun that's 400k or something I'll find. You've done really nice to do that. Good on you. Yeah, I, I, I freed up a bit of cash. So I had around, around 292 in the bank before this week. So I did a, my, my forward planning actually paid off for once. So yeah, I was pretty happy with that. And that'll leave me with 11. And I mean, I'm looking at my team and, and like I'm still, I've still got some junk. You know, I've still got bloody Harry Rushton stuck on my team here, unfortunately. I mean, he's enough, just like you've got Precura there. I've got Burbo, who I will move on because he's definitely, I can see him being an AE nightmare. So he's definitely gone for me. Most likely he becomes Shannon Harris potentially next week. And then, yeah, like I think I'll still have Grant Anderson, uh, which I, I mean, I, I hope to. Once he maxes out in price, I'll just nuff out and then I'll probably run out, run home with the squad of 2021, 20, depending, which is not where I hoped I'd be. I, I really wanted to have 22, but this is where the money and the trades fell basically for me. So. I've held a lot of my origin guys, so I don't need too many more. So I'll be looking at bringing a couple of guys like Ryan Toto, Cam Murray. I might have to get um, Joey Tarpane because he's unstoppable at the moment. I know. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe I'll just hope Justin Holbrook mismanages Dave Feeder for the rest of the season and keep him on the bench, and then I don't have to worry about getting him. Yeah, lock that, lock that one in. We're talking about having uh, a bunch of you know, close borderline nuffs and cheapies for this week. I would just say for the the Andersons and or McDonald's or even Ezra Mams, even though yeah, he's probably a little bit above that station, or, or the Tassers, just have an exit strategy for some of them because it's very easy to to bring in and have maybe five or six of them for this week. But unless you've got a strategy to get rid of them, that means you're running with kind of 18, 19 for your run home and mm. you're not positioned to have enough cash to to upgrade them to, to people that are worthwhile playing. So I'd just say, you know, just have a half a mind on, on what you're actually going to do with these guys. It's not just about bringing them in for the body this week. Don't give yourself really army headaches like I've got. I've got probably too many of those. Yeah, no, that's really, really good, wise words to finish up with there. Uh, so, yeah, that's enough strategy chat for the time being. Let's jump over to our Swish Supercoach start of the round. If you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no fear, the camera's here. Edric Lee, 172. A career game. Did anyone pick them for Swiss SC Star of the Week? Not bloody likely. Uh, perhaps at uh, 135 was the second best. So congrats to at Tracy Wall, who guessed 134. Uh, just guess the top scorer for the round and how much you'll think they'll score. Closest guess each week wins a $50 Swiss voucher. So congratulations, Tracy. I don't want to talk about our predictions this week. You can, Wolf. So, yeah, Joe, you originally picked Reese Walsh and then you gave him COVID apparently by picking mm-hmm. him. Uh, so you pivoted to Matt Burton of all players. I've given everyone I've selected in the Swish SC Star of the Week COVID, I think. <laughs> well, thankfully for your club, you didn't give Matty Burton COVID. Although, I mean, as a Queenslander, maybe you should have. But <laughs> look, 28 <laughs> was not great. But, uh, yeah, look, it was... Not much worse than my pick of Jerome Hughes with this 51. And 
Tim, you get another run on the board with Cleary for 72. Not a great week for us. I'll take my runs. <laughs> Look, you've just you've, you've hit uh, seven along with me, so you, we're, we're tied for the lead now. And Joe, less said the better, I guess. <laughs> Have you noticed how me and you are both doing, like, what are you in the top 3K, Wilfred? Yeah, 2700s. Yeah, that's pretty decent. Uh, yeah, so there's a bit of consistency there with Joe's swishing and his super coaching. Sorry, Tim, I, I, could, I couldn't hear you over the fistful of key rings I've already gotten for Supercoach over the years. <laughs> I don't think you're over the wads of cash. Over the 50k, yeah, I know. I opened the door for him. Um, so that means that once again I get first pick of the week, I would suggest that the only likely blowout uh, is probably an understrength Knights against the Rabbitohs, who, yes, they're missing people, but still have your Latrells and your Cody Walkers and, and stuff like that. So I am going to pick, Tim, you'll be happy with this, Cody Walker uh, to get 124. Wow. I was not expecting that for your first pick. So, Are you f-ing serious, man? I'm really leaning towards selling him, and now you have to bloody go and do that to me. I, I just, you know, I want to pick a team that's going to score a hell of a lot of points this week. I think the Bunnies thrash the Knights. I, I find it rude. <laughs> okay. I find what you're doing, you're getting in my head, you're trying to bring me down. That's okay. The Army will respond. That's fine. I'll still sell him. It was, it was definitely a deliberate attack on your mental state, for sure. Uh, Wilf. I will just go ahead and lock in my boy Ryan Pappenhausen for 120. Thank you for letting him be my choice. I think the Sharks are, Sharks are pretty much full strength. I think that'll actually be a tough game. And Wilf, picking the guy that I really am struggling to bring into my side. So you, you're both causing me issues. Look, who, who do you guys not want to score well this week? Is there anyone in the, the games that you don't have that you don't want to skip? Who's someone you don't have you don't want? Yeah, I, I, I'd probably back uh, Brennan Pierre-Curry to not score well. Tim. No, but who do you uh, not want to <laughs> score well? Is there someone you don't have? I want a death ride. I want to death ride you now. He's a death riding me. Players I don't have that I don't want Actually, to score well. I don't think you guys are death riding me. I think I'm just putting a lot of um in. I don't know what that is. I think I'm um projecting or something like that. I'm putting it's a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm, all right. Okay. So who are you going to pick? I'm going to pick a real weird one, like an Edric Lee, about not Edric Lee. I'm going to pick like a real wacky winger, Simmonson. Simonson. Yeah, Big Simmonson for he's going to score four tries. He's not quite an Edric. He, I'm going to put him for one thirty-eight. Simmonson. That is quite an interesting choice. I when you said weird, I, I didn't think you'd go that weird. So fair, fair play. Uh, well, I Thank mean, you. against Ken Marmolo, that could definitely happen. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. I guess when you're coming equal first, you can throw out random picks like. Hughes last week. We've already picked out Pappenhaus, and I guess I could have picked Luttrell or, you know, someone like um, Dylan Brown or Hines. Okay, good player. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Play. someone relevant, but no, no, I'm going Simonson. All right, that's enough of that. So, Swish, uh, we do thank them for sponsoring this segment. They are changing the way fans interact with athletes. They've got over 1,000 across Australia and New Zealand, including over 200 NRL stars, including... I don't know if Bailey Simonson's on there, but I, I definitely know Ryan Pappenhausen is. Uh, 20% of all proceeds are donated between Starlight and Variety, who are both children's charities. Just jump on the website, heyswish.com. It's a real simple process. Just pick your athlete, send through the instructions, and Swish takes care of the rest. You'll get the video back once the athlete's recorded it. 
And yeah, again, still have not seen anybody upset with the Swish video that they've gotten the athletes to really put in some effort into it. So yeah, promo code CHAMP, C-H-A-M-P, you get 10% off your order. So that's our Swish Supercoach Star predictions for the week. Just a quick update from our group comp, courtesy of our friends Tyler Maid, who stand for excellence in wall and floor tiles. So in first place is Rob, the coach of Let's Go Brandon. He's up to third overall, uh, closely followed by Troy, coach of Roosters Pack. He's in fourth. And Ryan, the coach of Chichimungas, in eighth. So, yeah, obviously some absolute superstars at the pointy end uh, of overall in addition to the group comp. They're in the running for our grand prize of $500 for first and for second prize, a $200 voucher to use on nrlshop.com. So really must thank the team at Tyler May for their generosity of donating the grand prize of $500. It's a family-owned and run business from Brisbane. We've got a team of tile specialists who pride themselves on their honest pricing, no hidden fees, and premium customer service. They'll look after you in person, or you can buy online at tilemade.com.au and deliver to anywhere in Australia if need be. So if you're thinking of some new tiles, tools, or anything in between, contact the team at TileMade and make sure you let them know you heard about them through the Champions Podcast. Alrighty, boys, we've gone long. It was a bye week. We were going to make this a quick one, but... You know, as usual, we've kind of disappeared up our own backsides with some of this stuff. Um, I, I couldn't make my therapy appointment this week, so I've had to uh, let all my sadness out on the podcast. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but um, look, obviously, it's a make or break week. Um, you know, the difference between you know getting your side right, picking up your captain right, uh, which includes your VC in this very important bye week, um, can make the difference of quite a few hundred, if not thousand spots uh given that a lot of people playing uh head to head will uh be running even less players than you know the 10 or 11 that we're talking about doing so thanks guys uh for the listen looking forward to the week and we shall see you next time